What song are you talking about? Everybody's waiting for the man with the bag, not the man with the crown. Christmas is here again. You weren't close. I, I mean, here's the thing. A lot of these songs are good. Not any of the ones that are good are written by anyone other than Casey Musgraves. So that's not one of them. Wow. Can you bonk him since you're sitting right next to him, Dylan? That was a bonk. I don't know if you guys saw my Christmas movie draft, but a lot of people have been talking about it. Any glaring omissions that y'all saw from from the circling back guys? I don't know if you had a chance to pursue our lists on the Twitter. I don't Peruse. know. Did you see the poll that's going on, Dave? <laughs> About who won the uh, Christmas movie draft? Oh, that poll. It's uh, it's getting ugly. What um, do you mean? Like somebody's lapping the field. It looks it, like you got poll assassinated. It's not you, my friend. Did you, you see know? the poll assassin monkey guy? The you know that coordinator guy sued. You know that we're recording. Oh, yes. I will stop looking at half-nude people <laughs> on my computer. <laughs> I don't know what this well, promoted suite is, but it's You uh, can look at whatever you want to. And, uh, KJ, this is the adult tour. We can say whatever the hell we want. All right. Well, I will put away whatever movie Tim Allen was like overly tanned and in a Speedo in off of my computer screen. And I will put myself in the penalty box for just, you know, thinking about Casey Musgraves in the morning. What is Tim Allen doing? You know, being hot, overly tanned, and in a speedo. Okay. Yeah. Let's podcast. <laughs> ah, too much dip. Monday. My name's Dave. Back at it again with the cold open, man. You know what I mean? People are really digging it. You're unhinged, David. I, look, I don't care. Oh, now he's backwards hat guy. When people tune into Too Much Dip, they know they're going to get one thing at least, and it's just a host who just doesn't care. Like, he's not afraid to go there. And that guy is me. I'm Dave. Over there, we got KJ. Uh, can I break a little bit of news off the top here? Um, okay. Football star Rogers uh, in the hospital with COVID. Um, that'd be Nebraska legend, former Heisman Trophy winning Johnny Rogers, who won the 1972 Heisman Trophy. Johnny Rogers. Uh, oh, 70 years old, feeling much better, you know. Good. Really hoping for the best there. Hey, can you give me an update on his vaccination status? Uh, enough to be feeling okay. How about that? HIPAA. Was he immunized? HIPAA. It is HIPAA. Great point. I'll, I won't ask anything else. Um, that's good. When you said Rogers, I mean, that could have gone a number of directions. I was Jolly? thinking maybe it was the SEC analyst, uh, Jordan I was thinking Rogers. Okay. As in neighborhood. Well, he's dead. He's passed away long ago. Uh, his spirit lives with us and everyone who respects the greatness that is Daniel Tiger's neighborhood. We know that the Tom Hanks movie was kind of odd, right? Didn't watch it. I haven't seen it. I don't care to. That looked like painful nostalgia to me. Yeah. It had the Americans guy in it that makes me uncomfortable. Well, I really like good actor, but uh, you know, it's a little too deep into the the darkness. <laughs> Jeez. Um, speaking of nostalgia, Dylan Shivery, hey, TF man. Total Frat Moves On. <laughs> what is it? Formerly, I want to I want to chalk that up to an old person joke. One of the rowdy gentlemen. The original oh, rowdy gentleman, no, according to all, that guy at the gym. That's all uh, in my past, thankfully. Um, no gentleman was rowdier in your peak. Do you I, I, just I, a rabble again, rouser again? Um, happy to be here. 
It's, uh, it's a lot of fun, like, sports-adjacent things are going on right now, you know? Like, yeah, there's sports, but it's it's all field stuff. It's it's transfers and it's coaching changes. It's still in the one seed in his fantasy football league, stuff like that. <laughs> okay. It's just, you know, fun stuff. It's playoff time, baby. Uh, Yeah, I think it is. This is the first year I made zero trades. I think I made one. I think I traded away Kyle Pitts midseason. Turned out to be a great decision. Mm. Uh, I can't recall who I got for him, but I, I know I made the playoffs. But um, real quick, while we were talking about sports-adjacent stuff, um, when's the last time, I guess, was your last, like, what you would say, non-workout sports-involved event, the dunk or the rim attempt? The rim the attempt. Last time, the last time I was – wait, you were sitting. I guess in a non-workout athletic (laughs) endeavor. Oh. Because you um, wouldn't call that like you played a sport, but, you know. I mean, I played golf not so long ago. I agree. Played. I just go golf. Golf guy here. Hashtag Chad is punching air right now. Um, I think you trying to get rim is equivalent to, like, home run derby or backyard wiffle ball. It's in the sa- it's not actually playing the sport, but it's a part oh, of the sport. Okay, yeah. Fungo. You thought I was that? making a rim joke? No, because you pulled up on Spreewells today, but I wasn't. I wasn't going to tell people that, so you couldn't be identified when you're outside of the office. But I opened the curtain. Now they know. Go, they're still spinning out there, dude. They just won't stop. <laughs> no, they're don't stoppers. Uh huh. It's kind of wild. Hey, guess who's here? I can see him. It's a guy who needs no introductions. Brett Merriman. A guy. Big who, game, Brett. Yeah, a guy who uh, has dumped, done something sports adjacent. Most recently, I have. In fact, I played pickup hockey last week. Um, ice hockey. Ice hockey. Oh, yeah. Dave and I have been talking about getting back in the roller game for a minute. This okay. was straight up on the ice. Just just not like, not league yet. For me, probably not for me. I'm significantly older. I have much more to lose with my body, mm-hmm. hips, and mm-hmm. things like that. But just going out, just putting some pucks on net with some gloves on, some skates. Y'all, hit, y'all hitting and shit? Sticking puck? No, we don't hit. You're not supposed to hit. I was going to say, you're going to get hurt, dude. Although, there are some beer leagues that play basically uh, pond hockey, where it's very slow-paced and like you can get around out there. This league was very much the boys are are buzzing around. I have a hockey question for you. Like, the cage helmet, is it available to everyone at all times, and it's just like a, a macho thing, like you just don't use it? Correct. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I thought so. is traditionally, it it, it, what's that? Is it an impediment to like being able to see the puck or? No. I mean, what you get used to it. Yeah. So it's just like, it's like wearing it's just a hockey respect yeah. or something like that. But you take it off. So in theory, I guess your vision is better. But then you put a, a shield on so your eyes aren't getting punched to the. I always wanted to be a visor guy. I'm a, I'm a cage guy through and through. I'm That's a, fine. I'm a see, it's, it was traditionally like, oh, if you have a cage on in men's league, you're a pussy. Right. Right. Now, the, the like the establishment has come around. Like, if you're wearing a carriage of beer lead, like, no shit. That's probably a smart move. You know, like, uh, in the NFL, December, January rolls around, and it's like you're playing outdoors, and it's snowy, and the, the O-line, 100% of them, mm. no sleeves. Yep. And it's Can't like... Sleeves. Their arms don't get like, cold. Just throw sleeves on. You know you're going to be more comfortable, but it's just like... In the locker room, it's like, oh, you're a big P if you do that. Like, throw them in the trash. You're not, we're not wearing these today. Like, all right, we'll just be miserable for four hours. That's cool. Yeah. They, usually, they put uh, Vaseline on their arms, too. You know that? Is that is that big fact? One, it keeps the heat in. Two, you kind of slip off if you're coming at them. KJ, can you confirm? Um, I know yes, you're not an O-lineman. That, but, but I was just waiting on the Stone Temple Pilots uh, 
to be introduced. Sometimes it blows my mind. Or am I saying, or is it Bush that I was waiting on? Glycerine. They did glycerine, which is the same amount uh, of syllables, so you could. Yeah, I don't know what I was waiting on, but I was the original version some... was Vaseline. It just yeah. didn't sound as good. Vaseline. <laughs> uh, yes, you will get the uh, slippery sleeve thing. I had a, a teammate um, whom I won't name, but he had a regurgitation, like reflux situation, um, that would happen when he would just like drink too much water. Ooh. Um, you know, and he'd like clear his throat and spit up a little bit. So if you're listening to this during your lunch break, you know, slow it down and listen to this at 0.75 speed. Um, but he would like sometimes miniature vomit onto himself and his whole front of his jersey and sometimes his arms would be covered in like just sheen. And you wouldn't know, was it just spit up a little bit of water mm. or did, you know, you got a little subway left over in there. It's just not good. Not just good. Like get that checked out by a uh, ear, nose and throat specialist. Yeah. A GI, I would probably say. GI yes. gastro. Yeah. Sure. Maybe uh, all of the above. Somebody needs to fix it. Um, how many days ago was this event? This was Thursday night. How do you feel t- yesterday or today? 100% today. Friday was miserable. Okay. So I, I had – it's it, with hockey, it's like you kind of – the hands stay. It's like riding a bike in a way. The lunge go quickly. That's yeah. the first time I've skated full speed in six years, which was just one alumni game. So the first time before that was about three years prior. So like nine years since I've been playing full speed hockey. I feel like that might be amongst the most difficult pickup and or intramural type sport to try to, you know, go back and just jump in for a game. Without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, you got to learn. You kind of got to relearn skating a little. I was, there were some situations where I was a little, little over my skis, if you will. Um, But you kind of get into it pretty quick. And um, it really was the lungs and the legs that weren't there. What's I had about, we, we skated for an hour and a half. Yeah. Shouts to uh, my group text is now Harbs, Fitzy, uh, Shacker, and Nails. Shouts to the boys. Okay. Um, the, the hockey nickname. Who is this guy? We skated for an hour and a half. I had about 17 minutes in my legs. And then after that, it was uh, a heavy diet of coasting and no bad checking. What did you do immediately afterward? We drank for about two and a half hours in the locker room. Okay. That doesn't dr- necessarily help the recovery process. Uh-uh. Did you drop gloves or what? No, you don't really toss mitts. You don't. You don't Donnie Brook in these situations, unless unless somebody, you know, says something about your your girlfriend or fiance or wife. Did somebody say something about about Bay? No. Okay. Like they were like, "How's she feeling after her surgery?" I was like, "Yeah, I don't know. Oh, pretty good." Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Actually, I should ask. Be like, anybody know her? And somebody would know her because it's a lot of mid thirties guys who work in real estate and. Oh, Dylan. Like, I was thinking like your bae, but oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you did. People claim just bring up Dylan's fiance. Singular. Yeah. Um, as far as this goes, is this a singular event, or do you seriously think you're going to? No this make this, this is uh, a, a season long commitment. Yeah, it, it is going to. So um, I missed like the draft. It's it's pretty serious. So oh my god, I I draft dodged this year. Um, mm. so I can't I can't go in until the next league starts mm-hmm. up, which I believe is. Spring or summer, so oh, you're like a free that. agent. So I'm a free agent, so I'm on the sub list. Like if a team is short a guy, they call me up as a mercenary. So you're going to do a merc regular, regularly. I will. I will be called probably like every night. It's like a substitute teacher in a district of. Dude, you should bring a karaoke yeah. machine. <laughs> you should do toxic. Oh, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I fully expected you to text like Friday afternoon. Like I can't walk. 
Or like, I can't leave my bed. I'm so sore. But so, you, you, you did not bitch about it at all. In fact, I'd forgotten about it until this morning. Yeah. No, the groins were pretty sore and the yeah. legs were like gassed. But everything else was pretty okay. And then I got, I got, my, I got boosted on Friday. Boost. Oh, nice. So that's to Pfizer. Yeah. Uh, so I got boosted on Friday. And Saturday, I was like body chill sore from that, I think. But that could have also been two days after hockey. Yeah, the day after, not the day after, two days later, um, in, in the recent years where I played uh, adult flag football, which can get fairly competitive, uh, especially in Dallas-Fort Worth area, and I'm sure it's similar in other big cities, but places where you've got um, one of two types of athletes in that area where you have, you know, the ones who didn't play a lot, not saying I did, but maybe didn't play after high school or maybe didn't play in high school at all, like my brother has continued to play flag football until he's, he's he'll be 40 next year. And he plays once, twice a week because he's got a Good lot left him. in the tank. Good for him. Or you'll have people who are just like, you know, Ramatz Taylor has been out there in the past, like legitimate athletes who at some point in time did not continue their career. And it is very competitive. Mm -hmm. Say all that to say, I can hardly stand like 24 to 48 hours afterwards. And I'll just, I almost strictly play defense in those settings just because I'm like, yeah. Yeah, even uh, my fittest post-grad situation, it is too, too much. Um, sports story from the past that is not discussed enough is when Kevin Durant, in his early years with the Thunder, um, took an invite, I believe on Twitter, probably on Twitter, that makes sense for him. Rucker Park? No, not Rucker Park, uh, Stillwater. Drove to Stillwater Same to play right? flag football, <laughs> intramural flag football. With a, with a fraternity, a random fraternity, and just went and played. What? That is, I totally remember that really? story. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It, I do not. And like the thought of, I mean, you know, something bad happening to your franchise cornerstone who would never lead your uh, Oklahoma City Thunder to a title, um, unfortunately, then he would leave to go to the Golden State Warriors where he would win said title. Um, it's just a crazy story that I feel like doesn't is never going to happen again. He's now my favorite football player or football player. Yeah, favorite football player, give it to him. Favorite basketball player in the last 25 years. That's not named Dirk. Easy Money Sniper. Yeah. Oh, the um, Slim Reaper. Everything it's about this I love. Did you find the story? Yeah, it's great. I do remember that now. It is I, great. There was a minute when I was telling that. I was like, did that was that fake? Because I could have been it. fooled. I've never – this is all news to me, and that's incredible. You got to think he was a red zone threat. Yeah, not a lot of guys that can go up there and get it over him. No. Do you think he would have demanded to play QB, though? No. Um, you know what? Now that you say that, I think that might have been part of the deal. Oh, he's like, I'll play if, if only if I can play Q. You don't, you don't want your cornerstone uh, second overall draft pick out there running routes. He might have, like maybe on a throwback situation. Yeah. But because why not exploit that? Weakness in the defense. And where's Greg Oden? I was not aware of uh, during the 2011 lockout that Team LeBron and Kevin, or at that time LeBron and Kevin Durant played each other in a flag football uh, contest really? at the indoor facility at the University of Akron. And all of LeBron's team had University of Texas jerseys and white pants on. Like they're just wearing jerseys and football pants with thigh pads in. And then LeBron, of course, because he pretends to be an Ohio State fan until he's not. Um, He's just wearing the St. Vincent, St. Mary's, like gold jerseys and gold pants um, for this fence. So 
That's tight. I need to go back and watch this. Was Apparently, it, it was like 60 to 70. Streamed on Bleacher Report. It might have been. It was a YouTube I, thing. And I want to watch that. Night. That's so something I want to watch. break this down when there's no more sports. We got a lot of the sports. Brett, uh, appreciate you hopping on. You want to yeah. stick around and talk uh, college football or something? I, I would love to, but I got I actually got to I got to do the other this thing. He's got a thing. Yeah. Can I borrow Brett for to cuck a uh, sports party story off the top just to throw off our rundown? But I think he has insight. Please. Um, breaking news: uh, We have a dead participant in one of the nation's uh, largest sports events uh, of last year. Uh, the horse, Medina Spirit, oh. owned oh. by Bob Baffert. Yeah, that oh. fucking squid, Bob Baffert, scumbag who's, who shoots his horses up with all kinds of Damn. absolutely borderline shit. What an asshole he is. He doesn't tip in Saratoga either. He's a scumbag. Damn. Few people know that he'll tip in Albany, but once he crosses the <laughs> lines, oh, not in Saratoga. If you're tipping in Albany, but not Saratoga, you are after the wrong product, Man. my friend. <laughs> Or service, I guess. Yes. Let, that, let me let, let me reclassify that. Was, what was the uh, cause of death? Uh, being owned by Bob Baffert. Uh, I have no idea. Cause of death, it Baffert. Was, so yes. it was just, it was sudden. It wasn't like it broke an ankle, and I was like, oh, got to take him out back, man. But I guess it was a sudden thing, which usually Can't points even fix to a, a horse's bones, medical uh, misuse of a drug or something. I mean, it oh, happens too. Like horses, money, horses die, but. And this is a Kentucky, <laughs> a Kentucky Derby winner, so he was already in his like stud life. Um, no more seed coming out of that. So, damn. I don't know if you had to say seed. It's his only job and his monetary value on this earth, not sentimental. The value. seed is his True. money. Not money. You remember, you remember American Pharaoh, okay. David? Yeah, he's going to make like thirty times as much um, studying as he did on the racetrack. Is that the one who wrote the Boston Globe article, like about all the priests or the Me Too journalists? And that is, I think that's kind of a stretch. Well, it's unbelievable, Roman Pharaoh. I don't, I'm lost, KJ. It was American I'm more of a Pharaoh. Jackie McMullen fan myself. If we're talking, oh about yeah, yeah. There you go. Shout out to Jackie. Well, well shout out to Medina Spirit. We uh, rest know. in peace. Shout out to your family. Your horse Him and Barbaro. Shout out to his family. Mm -hmm. uh, Smarty, Smarty Jones. Mm, big, big Brown. Big Brown. Yeah. Big Brown. Because yes, also rest in peace, Big Black. And <laughs> Big Black Man Ponds. What? 22, son. <laughs> 22s. Oh, well, thank you, Brett. Thanks, guys. Uh, Way to go, good. Brett. We'll have you back in a minute we'll to talk to Stars goaltending situation. Kudobin, let me be the, the first to break this from NRD's own, or Cold Stove's own NRD. Kudobin is on the move. Really? Whoa, wow, Doby. Do I call him Dobes. Kudobin. We're not going home. This is not home. home anymore. We went home. We made it yeah. a long way, but we ended up yes, going home. Yes, we did go home shortly thereafter. Guys, can we talk college football? Itching. We miss anything? Bur oh, move that microphone, if you will. To your left, correct. There we go. Professional. All right. Um, let's knock out the college football carousel. Um, we saw the college football championship games. We can touch on those a little bit, but I think there's a bigger story that we want to talk about. First, Lincoln Riley peaced out to Norman, Oklahoma last week. We knew that. It's weird to say a one-week-long search took a long time. Um, that felt like a month. 
But when you juxtapose it with Miami's search taking negative two hours, they had a coach and they fired theirs after they hired the other one. Uh, it took a while, but they got Brent Venables, former DC at Oklahoma, former yeah. DC at Clemson. No one ever, no OU fan ever had a bad thing to say about Venables during his tenure ever. His uh. His departure from OU, which I think was 2011, I couldn't remember exactly how it went down, but I I think I said on he was kind of run out of town, and I went and looked it up. So defense, OU's defense was struggling, and so they hired Mark Stoops. Is it Mark or Mike? Mark. One of the Stoop, plus Mark, um, to be co-defensive coordinator to kind of hold Venable's hand, I think, because he was Little uh, embarrassing. not doing well. And that led to his departure to Clemson. So it wasn't like... And they he, ran Stoops out of town. He wasn't like forced out of town, but he was like, you know, we, Mike. Got, we got another guy here. It was Mike, Mike plus you. Mike. <laughs> there's a, so there's a Mike, a Mark, and a Bob? Correct. You know what? That's on the, the parents. Shout out to his family. Shout out to his family. Make it a little easier for the pods out there, folks. <laughs> and so, uh, of course, he went to Clemson and has done very well for Clemson. Um, I think this is a good hire. I don't think it's a, like a slam dunk hire. I think it's a good hire. Um, I'm wondering, everyone, all my OU friends, all my OU followers are putting on a strong, brave face. They're being very happy about this, excited. You know, they're talking about how they're comparing the Venables introductory press conference and everything to, to Lincoln Riley's. Now, Lincoln Riley's was so, so meh, right? But whatever. I'm wondering how they really feel because there was a moment Sunday, no, Saturday, after Baylor wins, wins the Big 12, um, that I'm texting with T-Man about Aranda. I'm thinking Aranda's leaving for OU. Um, T-Man, I don't want to out him as my source, tells me maybe he came down to money. Maybe there was a conversation there. I don't know. I don't know where he's getting it from. But Venables is good. I don't know how well he recruits. I don't know, I don't know what Cle- his rep is. What he did recruiting. at Clemson is notable. I mean, like their record after he came there. After he went there, is gross. Speaks for itself. Well, he probably did that. Sure. Yeah, so they got the guy. Yay! Um, oh no! You know, as a Texas fan, I'm, I'm okay with this. You might, uh, you might do great. I feel like if anything, you should be happy they get. I gotta stop scrolling on the internet while what we're are you doing, doing this. I usually have an iPad so that I don't have this, and that I'm just getting served just random clickbait. <laughs> It's well, yeah, not but you were scrolling. Like you, I was scrolling. It, it piqued your interest. Uh, okay, in in not my defense. Just a ram uh, I shouldn't have there. been clicking on articles that said, who is Brent Venables' wife, Julie Venables? Like, there's no reason <laughs> for me to go down that rabbit hole. Do I need site. to look? No, it's it's a clickbait article on that site. Anyhow, um, <laughs> if I'm a Texas fan, or even as an Oklahoma fan, they got a guy that they – that was tied to the job. This isn't a, hey, we had to go out and hire the next in line group of five coach type person or promote some assistant coach somewhere that's unproven or wait around for Joe Brady maybe, who we know I don't think is going to come back and be a head coach. We can get to that later. But Oregon, they got a legitimate name that they were after. Yeah. Um, so there's no excuses, basically. If Texas turns around and whoops them next year, you can't say, oh, well, it's Venable's just getting familiar. Like, he knows what a successful program looks like. He took over a successful program. He brought um, enough clout to continue that success. So if they fail, even in the short term, there's no 
he's getting his guys in. Well, Lincoln's guys were pretty good too. So, mm-hmm. do we know, we know that. status of Caleb Williams? He's been pretty quiet from what I've seen. They're getting the OC from not Western Kentucky, from Ole Miss, um, who's highly respected. So, I have a feeling that he is a uh, um, his first task, which is so ridiculous. Bill Bedenball. Yeah. Oh no, Bedenball's gone. Bettenball's gone? Yeah, he's going with he Oh, was, Jeff Levy. That's right. I'm Levy. sorry. Yeah, Bettenball, um, noted asshole, is uh God, he looks like an asshole. Offensive line coach. Really, really good O line coach. Um, who's now going to USC, I believe. But um no, Jeff Levy from Ole Miss. It's just weird to me to think you get a job and your first job is not just to oh, introduce yourself and win the room. You've got to go recruit your own players to make sure they don't leave and transfer, which is just bizarre, but I, I guess that's what his first book of business is. I'm imagining it is a uh, a team activity with Stoops being a big – Bob Stoops, that is, being a big part of that. Like, he, you think he's helping them recruit? Like, I know he's obviously coaching the um, – will he still be coaching the bowl game? Yeah, I think he's still interim head coach. Okay. I'm wondering how much he's involved in, like, keep retaining those players. Um, probably, probably a lot. I would imagine. Yeah. It only enhances – his followers. Sure. You have to think, you know. Um, I can't believe they didn't go after, like, a guy who coached um, a program that got absolutely boat raced by Utah twice in, like, three weeks. I Because that's what Miami did. Yeah. It, it's probably one of those where Miami – he's a Miami native and a Miami alum. Who's Cristobal. Mario Cristobal, as we were talking about, former coach of Oregon. I don't know – if you give him a little bit of forgiveness in that situation, like maybe just styles make fights. Like his team wasn't built to beat that Utah team. That Utah team is playing really, really well. And not just against Oregon and Cam rising, former Longhorn. Great. Oh yeah. Uh, looking dude, you were saying this weekend. He's very handsome. (laughs) Dude. I mean, Gallagher, that's not, that was not a fluke. Uh, that was clearly not a fluke. They, they abs- that was not even a game. I was really disappointed because I was thinking that would have been a fun game to watch Friday night. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was over pretty quick. Um, I guess good luck to Miami. I wonder if they knew about this when Rhett Lashley, their former offensive coordinator, left to take the SME job. Like They knew they were going to make a change. Oregon now becomes the most prominent open job in the country. Aranda's trending. Dave Aranda is the top of the list of what I'm seeing. They just throw out these – ESPN college football, they just throw it out there as if, like, and people are like, oh, maybe they know something. You want to guess any of the other four or five that are on the list? Ooh, uh, Lane Kiffin. No, Lane's not on that list. For which position? For Oregon head coach. Just which, which names keep getting thrown out for head coaching positions in the United States for college football? I can't, I can't really <laughs> help you. Oh, uh, uh, Fickles. Luke Fickle's name Fickles has always comes up. Oh, the Fick. Veranda, Ver- Dave Aranda has popped up more recently. And then the other one is um, otherguy.com. Gary Patterson. No, his name should be coming up. Like, Imagine him at Even Oregon. if he doesn't want the job, he should be coming up for every job out there. That's what's crazy to me, um, other than like how that whole thing went down, is that he's his name, outside of like the, the message board or – Maybe whatever that that article was about Gary being like on the Texas staff in some capacity, in an advisory role. His name has not been out there for anything. 
It's almost like he built a program from the absolute dog mm-hmm. house ground up mm-hmm. and then tore that program down over time by just being a shitty person and a bad recruiter overall. It's just wild <laughs> that people would see it that way, and I don't think it's fair. I don't know. He wasn't that bad a recruiter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Max Duggan, awesome, awesome quarterback. Um no, I, I can't recall the other one. Jeff Tepford shows – not Tepford, but uh, current head coach at Cal shows up, and then Chip Kelly's name uh, heard, comes yeah, up on Chip this. Kelly I saw. Okay. If Where's I'm he Chip, now? He's at UCLA still. And they they made a little run earlier in this year. Remember, they're like 5-0. and And then drop like two or three games later, but – Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'd rather see Chip Kelly back at Oregon with a new leash and new lease on life. Then Chip Kelly on his last leg at UCLA versus Lincoln Riley at UCLA USC. Where did he go after Oregon? Philly, Oregon he, Philly, Oregon Philly, and then UCLA, and then UCLA. Okay, um, that's interesting. I, you know, uh, Aranda's. I don't know. That's not I don't, the I don't, job. I don't, if I'm him, no. Like I think I think LSU was the job, and for whatever reason that didn't happen, um, which is great for Baylor. Great for you know. My household, but um, I don't know. You want to talk? You want to get into that game, Big Twelve Championship? Oh, uh, I'm I'm sure you consumed it in more detail than me. What were What was your takeaway, knowing that you went into it cautiously optimistic? In fact, I think you might have picked against Baylor. No, I picked Baylor, oh. but I was didn't feel good picking Got Baylor. Um, it was a game that mimicked the first time they met in that Spencer Sanders turned the ball over like crazy. Now Baylor was able to capitalize on them on those turnovers better. But this shouldn't have been a game. Um, Baylor, Baylor's punt returner muffed one, um, gave it to Oklahoma State there. But the story was Baylor's defense, Oklahoma State's yeah. second-half defense, and that goal line stand, two goal line two stands goal line in the fourth quarter. Two goal line stands from, like, inside the one. It's Insane. Not like, yeah. And, and people are all over Gundy uh, for play calling, and, I, and I, I might have thrown a little fuel on that fire just busting Gundy's balls. But, like, I, I don't know what else he could have done. They're on the I mean, one. Like that last series, he, I think he called run, run, pass, and then it was that outside run to the left. And that's Baylor's, the one we got the pylon cam from. Yeah, yeah. So they had first and goal from like the one foot line. Like mm-hmm. that's. I mean, Baylor had, had absolutely no room to breathe whatsoever. In, in a very very impressive goal line scene. And like Dave said, that was the second one of the half. I believe that other one was like on the one also. Jaron McVeigh had a pick. He's a six year. Six-year senior had an interception and made that tackle. So that dude, wow. About to that, blow up. he won't have to buy a a beer at Buzzard Billy's off of Thirty Five in Waco, or maybe Twin Peaks, maybe at George O's, maybe the Dick Saloon, or the Dick Saloon. <laughs> that's that's a good point too. Um, yeah, that was insane. That's that's one of the craziest endings you'll see. You rarely see one that close with with pylon cam just coming in clutch. I thought if that dude decided to like turn up and just, like, throw a shoulder into that guy. He could have easily scored. He tried to run, outrun him to the pylon. Couldn't Underestimated that speed. Early. Yeah. Yeah. If it was me, I simply would have scored. Yeah. I would hit him with a little shoulder shimmy and just sidestepped in there. Oh, shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I've seen you do that move. Yeah. That's true. Bijan style. Okay. So, uh, Baylor, who won two games last season, won the Big 12. They were supposed to be – they were picked, like, not last in the Big 12, but a lot of people thought, you know, eighth or ninth. And look at them now. Big 12 champs. What a year look at for the big, Baylor. Look at, look at the Big 12s bringing in. Losing Texas. Cincinnati. Losing OU. Bringing in Cincinnati, a playoff team. Mm-hmm. BYU, 
top 15, top 20. Top, yeah, top 20 for sure, right? Yeah, it might even be top 15, I think. Um, and then you're getting uh, former UCF. national champion, champion UCF, <laughs> a team that is actually decent. You've got a legitimate big time head coach at Gus Malzahn. Um, but they lost their quarterback midway through the year, so you can't really fault them for what went on this year. Um, and U of H. And then U of H, who's sneaking in there. I mean, Two lost U of H team that gave Cincinnati Yeah, they gave a fight. Game. They lost to Texas Tech and Cincinnati. They didn't have a tough non-conference schedule outside of Texas Tech, and some would say including Texas Tech. Um, so it's hard to tell how good they are. Um, but I, I think Amer the American – or not the American. Big 12 will be okay. Um, should we be surprised that Alabama cooked Auburn like they did? No. Oh, I'm sorry. <sighs> Shit. Georgia. Georgia. No. History tells you no. Um, I think I don't know where. Did we all? Were we all on Georgia? I was on Georgia. I think it's surprising to see how, how all well Adam. how many points Fucking the offense a. put up on that defense. That's yeah. surprising, but it's not surprising to see Alabama win the game. Agreed. Agreed. I think. Um, not enough attention or not enough was discussed about the Georgia defense. I believe they lost a cornerback potentially for the season or for several weeks midway through the year or later in the year, one of their top DBs. And then they also lost their top tackler and outside linebacker midway through the year um, to a sexual assault charge. Uh, and that was noted and talked about um, a little bit on ESPN. He's been kicked off the team. He's gone. So they have lost some people, but with as good as their defense was, I guess I was under the impression that they had depth. So if you're telling me that Auburn made it more difficult on Alabama than Georgia did, I'm, you know, I don't know what to say, but a little bit shocked. Um, Michigan embarrassed Iowa. I'm glad that they did. I'm ha I, I don't know why all of a sudden I'm happy for Jim Harbaugh. Um, I think I think I've learned a lot about him recently that he is his antics aside, like just his general football nerdiness. Like he's actually like behind the scenes a good dude as far as like uh, yeah. raising money, charity, shit like that. His I mean, off his the players field. like playing for. They are happy to be Jim Harbaugh's guys. When he got let go in San Francisco, I remember them the Forty Niners. Mm -hmm. um, I remember like a. That being a because he left there and it was like really they're getting rid of Harbaugh and like a lot of players like Frank Gore, for example, being really upset about it and yep. they spoke very highly of him. So I've always known that he's a players guy. And like while well, yes, I think his his dad was a coach. It's weird to look at him and like consider him any way like beneficial of nepotism in that regard. Like the guys coached at some not shit places but he's worked his butt up the the coaching ladder for sure from a head coaching standpoint at what university of san diego um stanford obviously took them from you know the dungeons so rose bowls and whatnot successful at san francisco successful eventually at michigan so you know kudos to him as far as college football four we're gonna have time to review those games down the line but just gut feeling or excitement about those two games the, play, the playoff games coming up yep so you'll have bama cincinnati right no yeah bama cincinnati michigan michigan uh, georgia. georgia no yeah. i've got it backwards too. no michigan georgia okay. you're right okay that's the game for me uh because i think those are two teams coming in on opposite on opposite waves um and that's just, i think that's going to be fantastic i think alabama 
uh, I don't. Th- I think they make quick work of Cincinnati. I'm not. I'm not willing to pick those games yet. Uh, be fair. I have the reserve the right right to amend these once I see the lines, things of that nature. And what these games are like two weeks away, three weeks away. I hate that. Uh, yeah, we've got to wait until three weeks away because this is December 31st, which they got it right this year. We've got New Year's Eve 3:30 and New Year's Eve 7:30, which it's gonna suck if you're trying to get out and uh, get your New Year's Eve on and you're missing Michigan Georgia. <coughs> That's the game. 7.30 p.m. on New Year's Eve. That's the game I want to see. They need to bump those times up. They fucked this up yeah, a few years back. That, that's too late. You got people out wanting to party and I'll get be hammered out. by the end of that game. Yeah. I'll be dancing with Dave's girl by that time, you know? My wife? Oh, yeah. What do y'all have planned? I'm sorry. <laughs> we all have plans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Michigan-Georgia, I think, is going to be an excellent football game. Two great defenses. Um, very excited to see that one. I agree with Dave, though. I think Bama um, – I know it's an easy pick. I just think Bama takes care Eight of Cincinnati. Cincinnati they look so good. Easily. They played They're their – the, the difference of, you know, the caliber of athlete on the field is going to be pretty apparent, I think, in that game. It'll be no fun. offense to Cincy. Yeah, it'll be fun to see what, what Cincy's defense can do because they're, they're a great defense, fast. Um, well, I want to talk a lot of Quinn Ewers, but – Let's knock out – I don't expect us to go through all 30 bowl games. Uh, but I'm just going to see if I can't hit some of the highlights, see if any of these stand out or excite y'all. Because mm-hmm. December 17th starts bowl season. Inevitably, we're going to get all the hot-ass takes as we do on Spotify Rap Day of like, oh, man, there's too many bowls, and these bowls don't matter. Like, these bowls matter a lot to the teams that are there, even if it doesn't look like they care and some players sit out. Like, I can't tell you enough what it meant, like – for SMU to go to the Hawaii Bowl in 2006 or seven, I guess it was in 2007. No, maybe it was 2009. I've got my years all jacked up. In 2009, um, for a program that had been completely erased and starting over from scratch and then climbing back to that point, beating the absolute dog shit out of Colin Kaepernick and Nevada uh, Wolfpack, people don't talk about enough. Not talked um, about. But it, it, it was important for that program and that team. And now look where they are, still getting poached in in a shitty conference. <laughs> Anyhow, bowls start December 17th in the Bahamas, per usual. Middle Tennessee, Toledo, nobody cares. First bowl that pops up that I do care about the next day, Western Kentucky, who let me down against UTSA the other day. What was that, seven? And it was an eight-point game? You were cl- uh, I know you were close. Western Kentucky was favored by two and a half, and they lost by like 20-something, I think. Oh. Yeah, UTSA stomped them. Uh, but they're playing App State, which should be a good game. Uh, as I keep going here, Utah State's also a team to watch because their quarterback is uh, um, talked about being one of the top draft picks uh, this year. So that's December 18th, and whatever the hell the Los Angeles Bowl is or the L.A. Bowl. Um and then we get into some other names we do know. Brady Hoke and the nearly undefeated San Diego State Aztecs at 11-2. and two. And UTSA in the Frisco Bowl. So that's a really fun game. I'm, I'm happy for both programs. Selfishly, I want to see UTSA up against like a more established power just yeah. to see what that – like uh, like a Wisconsin or something like that, just to see what that would look like. I know that Wisconsin might be a bad example, but I just want to see what that looks like. Not, nothing – to take away from San Diego State, because that is going to be a fun-ass game. Better. And it's a home game for UTSA, too. Oh, Frisco. But San Diego State, they don't travel. True, true, true. Uh, Marshall Falk won't be there for them. 
But then you get Houston Auburn might be an example of what you're talking about where you have a smaller sure. school that's on a heater playing a six and six Auburn team, the Birmingham Bowl. Uh, and then Texas Tech, Mississippi State's getting a lot of social media play because Mike Leach noted that's, absolutely hates Texas Tech. Sovereign immunity. That's the one, that's the game I'm looking forward to. I mean, I mean, there's a few, but that one because of just the sound bites you're going to get from Leach, and just see, I I'm very curious. Um, Sonny Cumbie will probably be coaching. Is Cumbie McGuire there? will probably be there. Cumbie's gone though. Oh, Cumbie took the job at La Tech, so I guess McGuire yeah. might be just their coach for the game. Oh, see what he got. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, technically, Sonny Dykes did that for SMU, and it's kind of becoming a thing, like the new coach coming in and coaching. Speaking of SMU, playing in a brand-new bowl in Boston at Fenway Park, the Fenway Bowl. Oh, yeah. I talked uh, a little bit with our good buddy DJ Bean about the prospect of making a little trip out to Boston. be a great place to go see a bowl game, don't you think? Uh, yeah. Dylan says no. He hates you, Yankees. If I'm going to Fenway, I'm, I'm going to go for a baseball game. Dude, no, I've no always offense. wanted to go to Fenway to watch a bowl game. <laughs> no offense, KJ. <laughs> sure it'll be a good time, though. A weekday bowl game, nonetheless. <laughs> What's <laughs> worse is it's a weekday, as you said. It's a Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern on December 29th. A Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central where one of the teams is based. Dude, I'll for sure 8 be watching that. Pacific. For Just sure. can't fucking wait. It, like it'll be on on the TV in the other room when you guys are recording Wednesday up. Like, you have no interest. Day, actually, That's, we should we should give everybody the day off. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that sucks because that would be a fun trip. Although that is kind of unstable. I, I would I wouldn't want my first Fenway trip to be <laughs> a, a, fo- a football game, also a bowl game. Hey man, it'd have been a Fenway Park. Yeah, yeah. At who, ten a.m. Saw the ponies. Who, there. who are the Sox playing? Uh, it was no, it was uh, it was SMU in Virginia. In Virginia, Virginia. <laughs> and it was football. <laughs> Two teams whose coaches are gone, uh, and then you oh. do have some funny named bowls. You have the Duke's Mayo Bowl, uh, formerly the Belk Bowl, uh, and then you've got the Tony the Tiger Bowl back out in uh, El Paso. So let me, let me say this: speaking of two teams with coaching moves, OU versus Oregon in the Alamo Bowl. Wow. That, that actually should be a, a pretty easy – not easy. It's, Oklahoma should run the fucking table there, if, if I'm guessing right, because Kennedy Brooks should have a fucking show. My favorite, my favorite thing about bowl season is, um, is this guy. Man, you know, they really didn't have a reason to play. Like, they weren't really playing for anything, so you can't really tell. Like, when, when, you know, when, when UTSA or a school like that sneaks up and beats a, a pow- Dude, perennial – Any credit? In the, like, uh, nah, man, they didn't want to be there. They were upset because they didn't make a, a New Year's Day Bowl. Texas UGA in the Weeder Back Bowl. Oh, yeah, UGA man. UGA missed the playoff. Like, oh, they don't want to be here, which is probably fair to some degree, but Texas – but then maybe they like, should have better coaching. Like a really good, it was a sugar bowl, wasn't it? Yeah. It yeah. was yeah. A, it wasn't like was Texas a, was gifted that bowl. They had a good season. Wasn't a gallery furniture bowl. <laughs> that was their last good season. That was the we're back sound clip, though. We're back. That's you know what? Ugga, right? Fun fact, they were not back. Okay. <laughs> Turns out they were far from back, David. Thank you. Yeah. I watched the season. All right. Well, uh, Baylor Ole Miss. Oh, New Orleans there Sugar Bowl. Oh, I, we talk Quinn Ewers already. If I was you young, I would go. <laughs> but I'm not Let's young and Quinn. I have a kid. The last big bowl we Queen. should at least mention. Baylor Ole Miss, as he mentioned. Ohio State, Utah in the Rose Bowl. Notre Dame, Oklahoma State in the Fiesta Bowl. And then Peach Bowls, Michigan State, Pittsburgh. Now. Quinn Ewers. Let's talk. Q. 
blonde, long-haired teenager. Q Yunnan. The bleach blonde, mulleted, five-star, number one overall recruit who reclassified from the 2022 class to 2021 to enroll early and skip a senior year of high school. Quinn Ewers is uh, in the transfer portal. Former Texas commit. Former Texas commit. Not only is he in the portal, but he is... He's already making visits. Quite vocal about his visits, or his people, I should say. Yes. Putting it out Um, there like... And I think a lot of it's smoke, which we'll get to, but... Some interesting things here. And this is, um, as far as I know, this is him... Someone skipping the senior year of high school. Is this unprecedented as far as you know? Uh, Yeah. So he did it the same year that the NIL rules were, you know, put in place where obviously college players can get paid. Excuse me. So he exposed, which seems to be a pretty glaring loophole in the system. So Texas had the rule against, what, what is it, KJ? You, you can't get paid until you Yeah, you're... at a high school level, you cannot accept any, like, money for your athletic performance. So you can't go work at you know, the high school or the football training academy as a quarterback's coach on the weekend and make money off of your skill set and then go play football in the same city or, you know, sign autographs and, yeah. then, and then go back and play high school football. The UIL yeah. frowns upon that. So while he, was, while he was supposed to be a senior in high school, he enrolls at Ohio State, signs a massive NIL deal there and gets paid. I've seen upwards of like $1.2 million. Rumored to be, yeah. As well as he got a, a brand new vehicle that's like a $75,000 vehicle. Anyway, spends a year there and decides to transfer back to the state of Texas. He's listed Texas, Texas Tech, Texas A&M as his top three, according to Pete Thamel. Um, he, Sark had an in-home the other day, which went under the radar until recently. Stopped by his house and he's visited Texas Tech. And now he's at TCU today, I believe. KJ. The phrase in home when you're referring to like someone from South Lake and you know it's like a large estate, most likely. Like South Lake being one of the most wealthy suburbs in Texas, mm-hmm. aside from maybe Westlake. And when I hear in home visit, uh-huh. like you always think like blue chips, like when they're visiting like Shaq down in like a rundown Louisiana town and it's like just some or you know, whoever it was. Algiers. Algiers. <laughs> yeah, Algiers, yeah. exactly. Algiers. <laughs> Who is or the... whoever in Chicago where they're like in the rundown apartment? And I'm like, in home visit, like this is a treat for Sark yeah. to be showing up at the Ewers estate. It's all, almost like secession showing up at Adrian Brody's house, basically. So <laughs> it's interesting what he did though. I mean, he basically was like, Okay, instead of playing my senior year of high school, yep. I'm just gonna go spend several months in Columbus, Ohio, and get paid, and then I'll like actually start my college career. Come back to Texas, and does he have to claim state income tax? Do you mm. think that's a loophole that they're going to they're gonna close up at some point? Depends on his no. domicile. Um, I mean, oftentimes you don't change it when you're college. It's not your permanent address. Uh, I don't think you change it based on him, because I don't think that they were willing to change anything about the state rules just because of him. They were they, they tried to call him an anomaly, which he is. He's one of the highest-rated recruits, as you mentioned. I feel like we're going to have to see how the rest of his story plays out. Um, you know, I feel like the rest still unwritten, if you will. Are you uh, saying you've got bust vibes? <laughs> no. Dylan, but, do you have bust vibes? I don't have bust vibes. The kid is obviously a major talent, but I do have shithead vibes. You're not going to bust? This kid, and look, I understand that he may choose Texas, and I would love for him to choose Texas because he's a 
Are you hedging this in case no, he goes no, to TCU I'm not hedging. or Tech? I'm, just, I'm, I'm speaking the truth knowing that it couldn't come back to bite me in the ass. He just seems like he's going to be a headache wherever he goes. And that's based on mostly his appearance. <laughs> he just looks like a shithead. He looks like he... Are you profiling Southlake uh, football players who have been bleaching their hair and doing hair bits for years? It's not It's not a good look, I mean, fleecing the system for a milli. I hate how good they are. By the, the way, I got the Duncan Bill this mullet. I, I just get shithead vibes from this kid, and I, that, that's probably totally unfair. He might be a total gentleman. I don't know. Um, <laughs> no one's a gentleman at 18. You're right. <laughs> There's never been... <laughs> My, my official prediction is that he goes to Texas Tech, and that's based mostly on he just feels like a Texas Tech kind of guy. Why? Because? Because he's kind of a shithead. Okay, there you go. And, um, of course, he, he visited Lubbock yesterday, I believe. What? And that's big for Lubbock to get that visit regardless. That's huge. That's big. Um, you I, know, I, I mean, he's a long And one. we've seen, I mean, we've seen what, what Texas Tech can do with um, – a world-class talent at quarterback like they did with Mahomes. What do you mean? What, can you clarify? What did they do? Uh, they made a couple playoffs. Or maybe it was BCS at that time. They, they dominated, right? You got to think. Super Bowl champion? No, mm. I just didn't. Jakeem Grant was there? No, the, uh, the coach who is now the coach of the number one seed in the <laughs> NFC, Cliff Kingsbury, did not take them to uh, – they didn't they – It's didn't, weird. When, when yeah. Mahomes was – Entering the draft, and he's getting all this like, oh, he could be a first rounder. I was like, what the hell are you guys talking about? <laughs> Dude, I've seen this guy play, not that fucking good. No, uh, turns out he's incredible. He's but. the one, the one thing when when the Chiefs, I think it was the Chiefs, yeah, when the Chiefs, obviously it was the Chiefs when he, they drafted him. I texted Brian McGannon, uh, PGP, former PGP great, and I was like, dude, you're gonna fucking love this dude. And this is all based on having seen him in person playing Baylor when they used to play at AT and T Stadium, and I just watched him put on a clinic. like. Just shit throws you've never seen and just putting up like 600 yards of offense. It was insane. And I didn't realize, I mean, I didn't realize how good the system fit was going to be in Kansas City. But yeah, he was, he was electric, but he was, you, it felt like he was always hurt. It felt like he had like a shoulder sling on like most of the time, a knee brace, yeah. like very Big Ben esque uh, during some seasons. But I don't know. It wasn't his fault. But if he goes to tech, good for him for, I mean, that's a school that'll love him. Um, and appreciate oh, yeah. him. Like, if he just goes out there and wins eight games. But you got to wonder if Ohio State is notably not a school that would do that. Not because they don't do that for their stars, but respectively to, you know, respectfully to Ryan Day, like, he had a stable of guys that were there and had been in the system all spring. And I guess it's that balance between, you know, speaking of Cliff Kingsbury, he was noted to also have been involved, or I guess a Spavital and someone who – Fucked up one of the best quarterback rooms, and Kingsbury did a little bit of tech too, where you botch having what Manziel, Kyler, and then somebody else at AM, and then you had Baker Mayfield, Patrick Mahomes, and another quarterback in the room um, in Lubbock. And I get it. We're not in an age where you can do like tech used to, where you have people who are willing to sit around and wait their turn or. You shouldn't have to do that at this day and age, but you're getting these kids into the room under some pretense, and it's either you putting too much confidence in their head or them ignoring anything that you're saying because you saying show up and compete and we're going to you know play the best guy if that's what you're telling them, then clearly that's not what they're hearing. you know. Because for him to show up in the fall, not really even get close to playing, and to leave like that, 
either he doubted he either he's a Tate Martell or Jared Goff, or he could just be a Justin Herbert, which Tate Martell, Tathan by birth name. Uh, you love pointing that out. Noted to be, uh, you know, was a top recruit coming at high Maybe school. Maybe his plan all along was just to go get paid and then come back to Texas. Like, couldn't he have done that? He could have done that at a number of schools. But yeah, he didn't have to go to high right? state to do that. I don't okay, know. Okay, but it's a, it's a high-profile school. That might have driven the number up. I mean, yeah. hey, fair point. Fair point, okay? If he wants to win right now, he should go to A&M. If he wants to be a like, big man on campus, he should, King, to, he should go to Tech or Texas. Or, dude, or Texas. what if he's like Lincoln Riley, just scared Which, of the SEC, dude? Both are appealing, honestly. Both situations are appealing. Oh, I guess if he goes to Texas, he'll also be in the SEC, weirdly. didn't. That still, yeah. still doesn't click yet. <laughs> Is that year after next, for 23. sure? 23. 23? Not for sure, but that's... That's what everybody's thinking. That's yeah. when, you know, BYU's already said that's when we're showing up. I mean, okay. yours would, would start right away at Texas and at Texas Tech. I think a and is a little bit more crowded. TCU also. I don't know that... It, I think TCU for sure. I don't think it's that cut and dry at at Texas. The same way that I think that people probably said that about him going to Ohio State. Hell, even I anticipated him, like, getting on a travel roster and getting in and getting some reps. And... Ryan Day, I don't think, is an idiot. And he didn't even have him traveling for half the year and would do interviews and be like, yeah, he's just taking on a lot. It's a lot for him to move here late, just picking up the system. We've got two guys that are solid. And, like, I've never even got close. Um, I, I think the guy could be very good. Like I said, it could be Justin Herbert, where it's just his not, not ready for that show at Ohio State. Maybe Texas Tech is a better fit for him. I, I can't believe someone didn't want to stay in Ohio. You love Ohio. I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's crazy. I respect Ohio. I've established this many times. He should he should head back to Waco, to Texas and go to Waco. Lubbock is also a beautiful Actually, place. Actually, do we? He don't have it. He just named two places Baylor. that are like the Ohio of Texas. Wait, dude, <laughs> Lubbock, Ohio does not have Chip and Joanna or Buzzard Billy's on the side of 35. Great place to get some rattlesnake bites uh, when you're really hungover Nobody coming back up from Austin. Are. Nobody knows. But if you know, you know. Um, anything else on college? I we just, just hope, did 54 minutes on college. recruitment ends quickly. Uh, no, I've, that's good for college. Um, real quick on the NFL. I feel like this is multiple weeks in a row where we just punt on the NFL. But oh. uh, Shout out to the Lions. Shout out to Dan Campbell, man. Good for him. Is it is it fun that man? We could get Cool Adam in here. I wonder if he watched it. Uh, I don't know if he did or not. I guess I was going to imply that he didn't. But for those who pay attention on Thursdays or on social media, we got a little thing called dip picks going on all year. And uh, the guests have been whipping our ass all year long. And the guests this week, Cool Adam, our intern, picked the Lions to lose. As they should have to the Vikings. And he's a big Lions fan. And he's from Detroit, and he's a Lions fan. Picked he, against his team. He made that pick in a Stafford jersey, for the and record. And the Lions won the game. Redemption for Goff. Last second throw. Great, great drive. You cannot leave Goff that much time. A lot of people have said that a lot. Uh-huh. Um, hey, that was fun. Fun for Dan Campbell. Uh, his fun little for Kristen Harper. If you're familiar, Jared Goff is uh, you know, fortunate human being okay. who is in a relationship. Just look her up here. His Siga, the link is in the rundown. Okay. Um, but Sports Illustrated posted a little clip of her finding out that Jared had won his first game as a lion, and she was so happy for him. 
And I'm so happy for her. And I'm more happy that Sports Illustrated shared her with us. I don't I I tried to spell her name without looking at this link and it is not at all. This is very South all, Lake. At all. All right, let's see. I'm not it's familiar Kristen, with her. C-H-R-I-S-T-E-N. Okay. Hang on, mash that a wooga button. Okay. Uh, uh, you saw me lean back. I'm not trying to get double bonked in an app. Mm-hmm. But yeah, shouts to Kristen. And uh, I, I don't even know why we should be congratulating Ben Roethlisberger for winning a effing game at this age. But <laughs> it's his last year, right? It is a little sad to know that he knows it's the end. Well, that was a fun game. That was like the most That's fun true. I had watching anything yesterday. Uh, shout out to Harbaugh for going for two. Mm-hmm. Love that move. Didn't work out. Um, Did it work out, Dylan, whose big boy stack was on that game? I needed them to kick the extra point. My only chance yeah. for recovering was uh, a touchdown and OT. I was oh, honestly th- – okay. I was yeah, thinking that right. the whole they time. minus four, man. Yeah. So that that, that ended it for great, me, whether they got it or not. Great play call. It was there. Uh, Lamar had somebody – he had a lot of pressure. I'm going to give him a break. I'm not ready to say I'm out on Lamar. But uh, that was a fun game. He's the most hot and cold quarterback I've ever seen, man. At some point, using your fourth, fifth, or sixth running back is going to catch up with a team that's like predominantly dependent on a strong run game. You know, that's like, also uh, true. Not to give them an excuse because they played so well to start the year, but sheesh, like they've they've had seven or eight different running backs in the backfield this year. Uh, should the Cowboys be concerned with having to play Taylor Heineke? Two times in three weeks. Absolutely. So hot. Or did they lose Logan Minshew, to being a winning quarterback for the Eagles? Uh, more so the the former. Minshew, no. Did they lose Logan Thomas? Yeah. For the year? Yes. Fuck, that's my tight end. He's um, been really good too. Dude, that's a good football team. Like they they're playing really well. That kid's got some moxie. Whatever word you want to use there. He is Rome. He's a gamer. Heineke is Romo light. That's who someone compared him to Roman this morning on some one of the shows. Forgot who it was, but good call. Um. I, they'll probably split those games. That wouldn't shock me. They've got five games left, four in the division, correct? Yeah, two against Washington, one against Philly, one more against New York, maybe, and then Arizona. Arizona. Philly's the last game of the season. But, yeah, I mean, they should, dude. They have not – they won Thursday night. They beat uh, a, a Saints team whose quarterback uh, is, first of all, not a quarterback. Second of all, had a busted-ass finger with a splint on it. Man. Um, Five weeks ago, it looked like like this last little run would be uh, just like smooth sailing for the Cowboys. It's gotten it's, much more difficult. It's the NFL teams, most you know, good teams. They have these these stretches, but like the offense is just it looked better, but it didn't look good. Dak Dak's still missing some easy throws. He's having some great throws, but he's he's missing some easy ones. He's forcing some balls, but. And Zeke is Zeke's hurt and needs. And luckily, thank God they've got ten days off um, after that last game because dude Zeke doesn't need to be out there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they should be KJ, and I know you're. I know you're loving it. But I'm I, not loving it. I'm just you, saying it's you know. How many times are the Cowboys going to have to play a quarterback who is not tabbed to be the starting quarterback for a team who throws four interceptions in a game, and they put up twenty points? If that offensively, because it was 27 plus a defensive touchdown. They have no run game right now. And they're looked at to be still like a top threat in, in the NFC. And like that picture's faded. I don't think anybody thinks, okay, we have a shot at the bye. I shouldn't say we, but that they have a shot at the bye. Now, 
No. I think that they've got to at least be wise enough to be like, hey, if we F around and lose more than two games down the stretch, we might not make – well, I guess you don't have to make the uh, win the division. There's an extra wild card. We might not win the division. Yeah, that would be that would be an absolute embarrassment to limp into the playoffs as the wild card. They could turn around and win it all because if they're all healthy at that point, it could be great. But it's pathetic the way that they're playing right now, even with that win. Sure. Very fair. You know, it's not pathetic. Guys, my Rothy's, the most versatile shoe, something that I can wear with like a, a hell, like a sports, a suit, and even like sweatpants, just whenever, every day, you with my jeans, my chinos, whatever. I don't know if it's a talking point, but it should be um, their comfort, how comfortable they are. That is a talking point, yes. <laughs> okay, good. I was going to say, if not, I need to write that in. Oh my gosh, these things are comfortable. You're talking, of course, about the Rothy's soft, flexible material combined with their wildly comfortable insoles that make them like one of the most wearable shoes out there. A lot of shoes in, in this uh, class of shoe, they, they, they wear on your heel. You know, you got to like, do like a little Band-Aid situation back there. Not these, man. No. They're the most comfortable heels in a shoe that I have, especially when you put them on and you pull them back a little bit. And you need to like – sometimes I can do it with, without any hands. Um, but I have – yes, I know. Uh, athlete that's i've got the uh sneakers the olive green sneakers and every single time i put them on i'm like okay my day is taking another direction because i kind of you know i'm not just wandering out in any old shoe i'm like all right well i can now go somewhere respectable i can go to the grocery store it fits every vibe i'm trying to have in a day let's say you get them a little dirty yeah maybe you're pouring up a cup of booming loud and you spill a little bit on your shoes. Their shoes are 100% machine washable thanks to their sustainably made material. So you never have to worry about dirtying them up. How about that? It's a lifesaver. I'm glad you remind me of that. I got a little rest on them this weekend. So I'm going to toss those bad boys in the washer and I'll be back next week with some fresh kicks. Damn. The driving loafer was just named one of Time's 100 best in- inventions of 2021 in the style category, calling it an ideal shoe for the late pandemic era. That's a pretty big. That's a pretty big uh, flex there, huh? Time Magazine. How about that? Hey, to help you get a head start in holiday shopping this year, Rothy's is doing something special. That's right. They gave us a chance to share this super rare opportunity with our listeners for a limited time. Right now, you can get twenty dollars off your first purchase at Rothy's.com/bang. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S.com/bang. Head to Rothy's.com/bang to snare a pair. I said that really weird. A pair of men's or women's shoes for yourself or someone else. Twenty dollars off your first purchase at Rothy's.com/bang. Um, do you guys want to rap about something else while I run to the gents' room? Yeah. Ooh. Okay. While you're doing that, I will give a quick um, rundown on F1 because um, I, I I don't know if you caught the race this week. Uh, I caught zero of it, KJ. Well, let me fill you in on a little segment I like to call. Um, I won't even I won't even pretend to call it Formula B B B O N E, but um, okay. The second to last race in the F1 championship series, as we've talked about all year, Hamilton and Verstappen have been kind of neck and neck, if you will, with Verstappen being understood to have the better car all year and really winning, you know, I won't say the majority of the the races, but it was kind of assumed Verstappen would win unless, unless something happened, you know, know, freak incidents or just qualifies poorly, whatever it might be, penalties, whatever. Uh, This race in Saudi Arabia was on a fairly new track and one, that after seeing it in action, 
made me think back to um, what is that uh, really, really nice um, Monaco. It makes me think of Monaco, which that race I absolutely hated. Beautiful scenery, but it's like no the track is. It's it, all curves. It's like and it's like a single lane track. It's Correct. almost impossible to pass on. So it's not quite that bad in Saudi Arabia, but you have a lot of areas where it is a lot of blind, tight curves and sequential curves, uh, and then you have some longer stretches where you can get a little bit of DRS action going. Well, what that led to is the first half of the race, you couldn't even get like 10 laps straight without a uh, caution flag or without the virtual pace car coming back out. So it was a lot of strategy on the front end. Uh, in fact, Hamilton, um, I believe, had the lead for quite a bit. Um, and due to a caution, Mercedes had Hamilton and Bottas pit, and Verstappen and Red Bull said, you know, we're not going to pit. Well, then they got a red flag, not – that's a penalty or anything, but they had a red flag, and so they got a free pit to where you can switch tires without having to have pit and given up position earlier. Okay. So, boom, one strategy point in Verstappen's favor. That put him in the lead for a big chunk of the remainder of the race. And Hamilton was very close for quite a bit, and then we had a couple different incidents. Tight turn, Hamilton tries to overtake, and Verstappen... I don't know that it would be it would be fair to say that he in um, uh, what do you call it that he started the contact or whatever or like caused the, the initial contact. Talking about the brake check? No, before oh, that okay. there were two different incidents. So the oh. first one where he basically just closed Hamilton out. Like it, it was close, but eventually he was awarded a five second penalty later on in the race. That comes into play because later on. Whenever he gets this penalty or before he gets the penalty, he was being told, go ahead and yield the position back to Hamilton. In most courses or tracks, usually the, the racer in the front will kind of pull over. You'll see the other one overtake, and they'll just continue on about their business. But because of all these curves and the way that this course is laid out, basically what Verstappen wanted to do is he didn't want to give up that position right then and there when they were saying, okay, go ahead and give up position. Well, he's like, yeah, well, I'm going to wait until I get to get to an area that I can then DRS and retake yeah. immediately. Makes sense. And so he's basically hogging the middle of the lane, hogging the middle of the lane. And then later when he's ready to give up position, like Verstappen kind of gets over and then like slams on his brakes a little bit and brake checks Hamilton or as Hamilton called it, brake tested. Um, which caused Hamilton to break the front wing of his car, which obviously every little bit matters, but Mercedes was like, it looks fine. Just keep going. Well, now the stewards are, they were still figuring out the first contact in the midst of this, they award a five second penalty. So Verstappen knows he's in front of him and now he's still has not given up position after that brake check. He's still in front of him. So later he waits until a turn gives up position Hamilton takes the advantage and immediately Verstappen slips behind him after he overtook him. So he gave up position and he, but he did it in an area where he immediately took back over first place. What screwed over Verstappen was that tire change earlier. Eventually those tires let him down because after that, at some point his tires just started, you know, losing traction. I don't know what tires they put on hard mediums, whatever, but he ended up being like, seconds slower than what Hamilton's pace was two seconds slower, three seconds slower. At the end of the day, ah. Hamilton ended up winning by like 20 seconds 
um, which was just nuts because of this whole back and forth thing down the stretch. And then um, Valtteri Bottas was in fourth place for the majority of the race or a big part of the race. Um, and I don't recall his name. O Ocon was in third up until the last hundred yards before the finish line. And Boltas reminded people that he too is a very good racer and put about as pretty of a move you can imagine, like right before the line on Ocon and stole a podium away. And they showed the in-car clip from uh, Ocon as Baltas is passing him, and he's just beating the shit out of his driving wheel or steering wheel, which I'm like, Dude, you're still driving like 180. Like, let's fucking let's let's, <laughs> let's uh, not jerk the wheel. Yeah, let's, let's not get they... too wild here. But yeah, it was it was an insane finish, and now it... Hamilton and Verstappen Tied. are tied. Going to the final race of the season. One last race this weekend, 7 you know, a.m. on Sunday morning, in uh, in Dubai. You know what? Verstappen's reckless, and I think they should kick him off the tour. And I don't think he should be able to race next week. How about that? I don't like that. A lot of money would be lost if he did not race next week. And Probably. A lot of people would say that Hamilton, it was rigged for Hamilton, if so. Probably. And, you know, <laughs> there might be some hyperbole in that, but. Christian man. Horner would personally show up and just look at you weirdly. Are there any conspiracies out there that, like, now that this sport, which feels like it's at an all time high popularity wise, at least with, in the U.S., yeah, for sure. The U.S. Is, has finally caught on that they're like, you know, maybe there's a conspiracy that the. They're making it extra, you know, dramatic at the end here with these guys, these two badasses tied going in the final race. They don't need it. That's I, the thing. I, I was think... at my brother's yesterday, and those were the exact. That really? was my gut reaction once I saw. It. I was like, "This feels very too convenient." Yeah, this feels a little too. Perfect. <laughs> I mean, it's exciting as hell, though. The fact that they are legitimately tied going into mm -hmm. the last race is like all they need. They don't need the. I don't know. It does make it. It makes it juicier, but I mean. I mean the tie is what I meant. Like yeah. To set oh, tie yeah, yeah. Okay. So that, to make this finish, like, easier exciting. to understand for people. So what would be the worst case outcome here? Like, for some One reason. One of them wrecks, gets and can't Russell finish. Or, you know, some other Sonoda, probably, in this situation. Um, wrecks both of them or some shit. <laughs> yeah, and then, then you and have, Toto like, walks out there and an asterisk. Unsheaths a fucking 10-foot sword and does work. I mean, it's, I don't know. I mean, I, I, look, I'm notorious for tuning in like the last 25 minutes of these things. Uh, I will probably tune into the last 35 minutes of the race this weekend. It's 7 a.m. I ain't got that in me, but I will, Dubai. I will go back and watch it. I just, I already know Will is great for letting us know when shit's going on across the pond in the group text. Mm -hmm. Either I need Will to tell me at 8 a.m., hey, get this shit on, it's good, or don't tell me anything so I can watch it at like 2. That's fair. There's your F1 update. It's a good F1 update. I apologize for stepping out. Welcome to the BBBBONE zone. We Is don't, it time to party? We already partied. We well, did? I cucked the party earlier. The only thing I was going to do in party was to report. If you haven't paid attention, maybe you should check out the Billy Donovan Chicago Bulls. They're 16 and 8. They're doing very well. Alex Caruso is still that guy. Hmm. Wow. Didn't think we were getting the 16 and 8 Chicago Bulls update at the end of this thing, but here we are. Uh, we have a, a super a super short run of back. You guys want to knock it out real quick and get let's, out of here? Let's do it. S special guest appearance. By who? Oh, Wilmot's. Oh. Barry Rigby, Barry, of course. Of course, Barry Rigby. All right, time to run it back. The segment during which we talk about what we already talked about. KJ was bonked less than a minute into the effort. 
be maybe a record. I've never seen it before. Rucker Park in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Same, same. Very similar. <laughs> KJ is looking at random smut sites on the web during the podcast. Not yeah, my, calm down. Not my Wi-Fi. Caught ya. Uh, Dylan will be twirling Dave's girl on the dance floor during Michigan UGA. A lot going on. Yeah. KJ nearly was double bonked during this episode. Close. Stewart decided no penalty awarded. Of okay. course, happy Hanukkah. Yeah. Hanukkah oh. just wrapped up, uh, I believe, last night or maybe the, tonight. Who knows? But shouts to all Very those cool. who observe. Shout but out to Victor Hovland. And Micah Weiner. Winner of the Hero Challenge. Oh. Hey, you got to read that uh, Jupe Life article. Yeah, we should do it. Um, what? Huh? Jupiter. Jupiter, Florida. Golf Digest. Next <laughs> time when we're this close in proximity to a conversation yes. about Hanukkah, let's sure. announce it. Oh, yeah. Jupe. <laughs> As in Jupiter, Florida. Not about mint julep. No. We should do that. Uh, either f- We should read that and talk about it on the live stream Thursday night, 6.30 Central Standard Time. Book report. Very cool. Central Time. Fun episode, guys. I love you. I love you both. Really fun. Bye-bye. We will see you Thursday for more antics. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I want my chips with the dip. That's all I know. I don't want my chips playing. I want my chips with the dip. So bring them dips.